What I did my first eight months, I worked in the hotel industry at night. So I was 7 a.m. till 3 p.m. commercial real estate, 4 p.m. till 11 p.m. I worked in the hotel industry. It was an absolute grind, but it was totally worth it. And I truly feel, I don't know if this was the timing in the industry or just the timing of life, but once I made that decision to go full-time commercial real estate, that's when it really started to go. Welcome to the Performance Mindset Podcast. And I'm your host, Amy Calandrino, CEO of Beyond Commercial. After a decade of providing expert commercial real estate advice and consultation to the business owners and investors I serve, I wanted to share some of the most inspiring and influential leaders I've met along the way. The goal of this podcast is to share valuable insights from these impactful individuals, as well as business and commercial real estate trends. If you want to grow, you're tuning in to the right show. All right. So today I'm excited to welcome Eddie Gonzalez to the Performance Mindset Podcast. I first met Eddie over at the CREI Summit a couple years ago in Lake Tahoe. And he is with SVN Desert Commercial Advisors in Phoenix, Arizona. And you're a content creator all over TikTok, Instagram, all the different things. And you've been now a commercial real estate expert for a number of years. And so just welcome to the show and we'll dive into all the more granular detail as we go. I love it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining me in the tub. Yeah. So let's, yeah, let's start out with why are we in the tub? Tell us about your tub talks. I think you're on number 70 something now. I am on number 72 now, and that would be this because we'll definitely utilize this for something. I started doing tub talks a long time ago. I've been in commercial real estate for about seven years. And one of the first people that I connected with on Instagram, his name is Blake Haggett. Okay. Yeah, we were just talking back and forth. And one night I'm like, hey, I got to go. And he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I'm going to go jump in the tub. And he's like, you take a bath? You're a grown man. He said, men don't take baths. And I'm like, no, I take a bath every night. It calms me down and helps me go to bed. And he said, I dare you to post from the bathtub. So that is how Tub Talk was born and turned into a thing. And basically what it is, is me talking about business and commercial real estate from the bathtub. That's what I talk about on the Performance Mindset Podcast. It's commercial real estate and business and leadership. So then I'm getting ready for today and I'm like, wait a second, let's do a mashup and blend the two together. So I thought, you know, why, why, you know, why do it at our desk? Let's like take a afternoon break. (laughs) I love it. I love Um, it. You still do a bath tonight or does this count as your bath? No, there's definitely a bath that will happen tonight. (laughs) Two today, double it up. Double it up. So what do you think separates you from others in the commercial real estate industry? I don't mind being silly. Yeah. I love utilizing social media. So I remember when I first started using social media, I went to my business partner who's now in the business for 24 years. And I said, hey, this is something that I'd like to try. I was one year into the business. 
And he said, that sounds your speed. I don't think I'll do it, but if you want to do it, run with it. And it's funny because his innovative move back in the day was him and one other lady in our market started posting on Craigslist. And that was like a big deal back in the day. When he started, he was still using a fax machine that kind of puts you in his mind frame. But he was fully encouraged about it. His name's Rami Majahed. He's still my business partner and mentor. And he's like, run with it. Do it. He's like, two things are going to happen. Either you're going to be proven a genius or you're going to be proven crazy. Either way, what's the worst thing that happens? So that's the way I kind of live my life is, A, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? And if somebody thinks I'm crazy, so be it. Or they could think both, that you're a crazy genius. There was a little bit of that as well. (laughs) What do you enjoy most about what you do? I know you have a lot of social media creation, but like, let's talk about, you know, commercial real estate and, you know, what you're doing day in and day out. Yeah, absolutely. So I do a mix of both office leasing and retail leasing. That's how I started was truly as a leasing agent. And now I'm doing sales as well. So I love, my house is in Central Phoenix. The office is right down the street. I love this area right around me. So I'm truly focused on Central Phoenix, but we as a team, there's four of us, work all over Arizona. So we'll, we'll do a little bit of everything. We call ourselves retail brokers, but we really work on a lot of land. We work on office deals. I've done a few industrial deals. So I'm kind of the Phoenix guy out of our team. And that's my, that's my day-to-day is I love door knocking. I love being in front of people. So that's, that's kind of my, my MO. Awesome. And then for those of us who aren't in Phoenix, like you talked a little bit about Central Phoenix, like how is it set up? Because Orlando, a lot of people just think Disney. But if I was to tell somebody about Disney, it would be so much greater than that. Yeah. So what I really like about the area that I work is there's a huge amount of diversity and I can go right down the street to the Esplanade or the Biltmore and have a $100 rent. Or I can go one mile down the street at 24th Street and Indian School and have $15 a square foot rent. So I get to work with the startups that I send that way, but we've still got the same demographics and it's pulling from the same area. So that's what I like about my little pocket. Wow. That's quite a disparity in different, you're able to service everyone from a startup to someone who's already established. I was going to say, I just think the rare thing about that is being able to pull. I used to use Indian School Road as kind of that barometer as well. Down the street, there was stuff for $8 a square foot when I first started. And as you went down, it approached 50 bucks a square foot. So there's, you've got everything mixed in between. That's been gentrified. So those rents don't really apply anymore. But down the street at the Biltmore, that, that's one of those malls that's very iconic for, from Phoenix and has been there since the 50s. So that's not going to go anywhere soon. But it, it's cool I- being able to work, A, close to home, close to the office. And honestly, one of my goals getting into this was improving my neighborhood. And Mm. it's it's proven pretty cool. Do you have any particular businesses that like maybe were like a success story that maybe we're one of your first clients and now have multiple locations in the area or whatever you would deem pretty cool? 
So one of the groups that I'm working out right now is Knockout Fitness. And we've currently got nine locations in the Valley. And I'm working on another 10 of them. We've got three in the works. So that's a, a Valley local company that I like working on. We're actually selling a building for a company called The Potato Barn right now. It's a 18,299 square foot building. And they are in the process of building a 100,000 square foot building. Furniture company. So they've already got this. That will be location number three. So there's one in Scottsdale, one in Mesa. The Mesa is also 100,000 square foot. So I always like talking about those guys because I really like their products and service. So it's called the Potato Barn? Potato Barn, yeah. They literally started the business in the driveway, which then turned into containers, which then turned into an old potato barn that had holes in the ceiling. So that's how they got the name. Okay. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I awesome. find out how they had the name and like, you know, they're still paying homage to their roots, even though now they're getting pretty big. So that's what I also like about the way that they they've done their buildings is they have this rustic feel, even though it's a brand new building, the Mesa building, he went mm-hmm. out and I'm trying to remember exactly what the process is. Cause it was exterior metal. And I think he sprayed vinegar on it to make it look rusty, but it's, it's cool. So they're brand new buildings, but they, they're made to look old. That is always interesting to see how, how they do that. So vinegar might be one tool and I'm sure there's lots of other ways to do it. So, wow. So you probably know, since you've been in the biz for a while, had the opportunity to see other people get into it. Do you have any particular advice for new agents looking to start out? Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of twofold. The first thing that I think is very frustrating, and I've seen way too many people come and go. When I got into the business, I was told it takes three years to actually start making money. And what my business partner told me is consider this your law degree. You're literally going to learn everything about commercial real estate in your first three years. If you make a little money, consider it a blessing. But you're not paying $200,000 for an education if you're going to get your law degree. That being said, if you're coming into the industry, I would suggest either having a side hustle or a side job or just save your butt off because there is nothing worse than a desperate salesperson. And if you need that sale to make the car payment, to make the student loans, you come off different. And what I did my first eight months, I worked in the hotel industry at night. So I was 7 a.m. till 3 p.m. commercial real estate, 4 p.m. till 11 p.m. I worked in the hotel industry. It was an absolute grind, but it was totally worth it. And I truly feel, I don't know if this was the timing in the industry or just the timing of life, but once I made that decision to go full-time commercial real estate, that's when it really started to go. Mm. It could have been a little bit, a little bit of both. And that it was thing about it, thinking about it as a law degree. I usually tell people you're, you're really not going to, you know, start, you know, seeing money start to come in closer to like a year, but then, yeah, like you say, you're not going to really like make money for, for three years. And so if you, 
consider it more of of this investment and view it that way, I, I think that it can really change your mindset, which mindset again is all what this podcast is about in having having that resilient mindset. Hmm. We have to in commercial real estate because there are, I mean, it is an absolute roller coaster. I think that's the easiest way to put it. Yes. Yes, it is. So you've worked with a lot of business owners. And so I'm going to ask you the same thing for a business owner. What would be some advice that you'd give to business owners? Preparation and time, especially. So I've been doing a lot of lease renewal type stuff and people come down to the wire and they're like, oh, I've got three weeks until I have to renew my lease. Yes. Most of them don't even know that in the lease, it's required for them to tell the landlord six months out that they're either staying or going. Right. So my biggest suggestion is about a year out. And that feels like a lot of time, but it's truly not in what I call commercial real estate time. Start looking at the lease, seeing what communications were required of you. If it's going to be a relocation type situation, start the process about a year out. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And people ask me, when should you look at a lease? I don't think there. If, if someone is in your market, and they have no idea where they are in their lease. I think that you'd be happy to take a look at their lease at any time. Oh, and absolutely. Yeah. Like, it's one of those documents that should be kind of a living document that you visit every once in a while. I have tenants call me pretty regularly like, well, what happens if this or what happens if that? Everything's in that lease. That's why they're 50 to 100 pages. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> You have this tub talk that you started like about a year ago. And uh, so this has been going, yeah, it's been going a little bit longer than that. Oh, longer. Okay. Yeah. How, how do you generate, you know, you talked to me about how you generated that idea. How do you generate the other ideas that you, you put out there? Cause I, you, I know you're very active on Instagram and, and TikTok. Do you have like a, a project management system to keep track of it? Or is it more like free form on your phone or how do you keep track of it? Kyle and Sarah, our good friend, calls me an on-the-fly content producer. So literally, if I see something that's interesting, I'm going to either capture the video right then and there and make the post right then and there, and I don't spend a ton of time on my posts. I would say these Tub Talks are probably the most produced, and I turn them around in about 15 minutes by the time I add floating bubbles and all that. But I really like to just get it done, get it out. And I am thinking about something right now that we talked about when we were in New Orleans that I'm going to also say, if you are a broker and you're talking on camera, you never want to talk about an active deal. So anything that's happening, whether it be lease or sale, I've been burned. Save that on your device and post it down the road as if. That's that's my big disclaimer, because you never know who's watching your stuff and deals fall out because other people watch them. Oh, I've seen other brokers in my market post about, oh, I just did a pitch for this retail tenant and they like have the name of the retail. T- no, 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 way too competitive for that. <laughs> And I mean, it is everybody for, for its own at the end of the day, we may be friends, but you know, if you know someone's in the market and then you know someone through no, know someone, you know, all, all's fair. Yes, indeed. <laughs> not anybody who wasn't competitive working on your behalf. 
That's true. So yeah, be very like if you're touring office space too or doing a pitch, you got you cannot give anything away. That's that's very true. So with regards to saving them and filing on my iPhone, I'll make different little buckets. So I'll just take those and push them over into different buckets. And I literally, it's fibbing a little bit, but I am acting as if that's what I'm doing today. So if you see me touring a space today, either my client passed on it a while ago, or it's a deal that's already been done. Very smart. Very smart. But yeah, you're right. Just to save like a folder in your iPhone would be the easiest way to keep track of that. You talked about your business partner. Do you have anyone else that you consider a mentor? I have a lot of online mentors. So I really love a gentleman named Ed Milet. I listen to his podcast every Tuesday. Just a business type gentleman that was in financial services that did really well. Kind of a Christian-based type guy. I, I just love his content. I love the people that he brings on. I love his message. So I've got a few different guys like that. I have two offices. So I work in the SVN office, which is like a lot of people and super collaborative, which I love. And then we also have an office on the other side of town, which is closer to the new development stuff. And Mm. that's with our developer. So I love that I have the ideas of bouncing everybody off SVN. And then I also have the developer mindset with the attorneys and all those guys in-house at the other office. So I, I'm very lucky to have that mix. Mm. Outside of taking baths, and we talked about working out at CREI, what, else, what other things are you into? Honestly, it's funny because I was talking to somebody about this. I was talking to an introvert the other day, which is completely the opposite of what I am. And I was trying to wrap my head around, I don't spend any time at home other than when I'm hanging out with my dog. Because it's so quiet here and like, it's so uncomfortable for me to be quiet. So I spend a ton of time at my gym and my clients call it the bougie gym. There's a a newer lifetime fitness that's right down the street from my house. And I love spending time there. And I remember one of your questions that you sent over was how do you de-stress? Oh, yes. I love (laughs) jumping in the sauna and then going into the cold plunge and spending time there at the club. And what's turned into a really cool relationship building tool as well, because it's in a nicer area of town and there's a lot of building owners that go to the gym. I actually, I'll say it, Robert Kiyosaki works out there as well. And I haven't had the opportunity to talk to him, but those are the type of guys that are hanging out there. So this is another suggestion to building owners. And when I first started SVN, there was an older gentleman that said, where do geese hang out? And I said, I have no clue. Do you know this? No, I've he's never. Like, with a, he's, he said, with other geese. So go hang out at country clubs. That's where building owners are going to be. And, and I, I will never forget that. Where do geese hang out? With other geese. Like, okay. So he's like, so go join those type of clubs. Go be parts of those organizations. And that's what Lifetime Fitness has turned into for me. And I probably shouldn't say this on my podcast, but you should mix up the times of days that you go, time of days you go here because there's different groups at different times. Because if you only go time all the time, you're only going to meet the same people. You want to hear something really funny about the gym relationships? 
is okay. the people that come up to me. And I don't know if this is a proximity thing, but I try to focus on Central Phoenix. And at least once a week, somebody comes up and be like, oh, you're the Tub Talk guy. Or, oh, I see you on TikTok. So that really motivates me to keep going on social platforms. And that's true. Those have turned into real deals. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. A great, great tip. You seem to do a good job at balancing work and life. Have you ever had any challenges with that? Or do you have any recommendations in that realm? The, the first eight months, I did not have a work-life balance at all. I then started doing something, but I wasn't as active as a broker, but it helped my mental health is I would leave my computer at work because if I took the computer home and we talked about this, my office is very close to my house. I would be on the computer till 10 or 11 PM. When I left it at work, it was done. It just is what it is. And I could handle it in the morning. So if you're struggling with the work-life balance thing, I know you can use your phone, but it was just kind of one of those trigger type things like that's work. This is home. The whole shutdown thing definitely changed that. But what I literally did is when my office door was open, we're doing office hours. When I shut it, it's done. So that's it's just those little triggers. I think that you have to have boundaries because if you don't have boundaries and, and even with I remember back in the mid 2000s, I was given by my mother-in-law a book uh, by Emily Post. And they used to say, you know, only call people between like nine and nine. And I think it's become more like, I think I accidentally texted you at like seven something your time this morning. So I think it's kind of, but I mean, definitely if it's like one, two o'clock in the morning, you know, you shouldn't be like texting people and there's got to be like some type of boundaries. I mean, unless we're at the CREI conference in New Orleans and you lost somebody in the middle of the quarter. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Boundaries are important. Well, you talked about looking at my questions ahead of time. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about or share? Yes, yes, yes. Of course. I love sharing this story. And my mom just brought it up the other day. My first entrepreneurial moment. Yes, yes. I'm a type one diabetic and I've been most of my life. So it was like a weird situation for Halloween and we're coming into Halloween because everybody went trick-or-treating and got all these candies. And there I was like, what do I do? So my mom's like, dress up and go get candy. So I did. And it was a ton of fun. And then I have this bag of candy that I'm not allowed to eat. So the first year, this is an entrepreneurial experience. The first year I took the candy to school and not many people, everybody's like, we have our own candy, right? So then the second year I took the candy to school and I waited till after Thanksgiving and nobody had candy. So I walked around and I sold my candy to other students. So that was my first like, okay, I like this business stuff. I can make a little bit of business. And then I ran out of that candy. So there was a mobile gas station that was right across the corner. I don't know if you remember them, but Lemonheads used to have this little tiny box. It was teeny tiny and they sold them for a quarter back when I was in grade school. So I would run over there and I would buy them before school and I'd come to school and sell them for 50 cents. And then it got to the point where I was telling the gas station guy, hey, can you just order me a whole box? And then he was just telling me the whole box until 
Unfortunately, Dr. Chartier was the principal, found out about my business venture and uh, shut me down. But oh, it was no. good while lasting. Well, and, and then that shows you, too, the, the Halloween candy. It's all about timing. And I think that was probably your first entree into a gap analysis. 100%. <laughs> 100%. Well, awesome. It's been so fun doing this performance mindset podcast, like mashup with your tub talk. It's so cool. I have to do it again. How can people find you? The easiest way to get me is on my Instagram, which is AZ commercial real estate. No gaps, no underscores, just AZ commercial real estate. Shoot me a direct message and and we can start chatting there. Awesome. Well, Thank you again for joining and I look forward to connecting with you soon, hopefully before next year's commercial real estate conference. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. 